I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> Kia ora everybody. I'm Jordan, host of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. It's my hope that you find support and comfort in these stories and I'm really looking forward to bringing you today's episode. Just a reminder before we get started that these are personal experiences and you should always seek medical advice before making any important decisions. I'm not an advocate for any particular model of birth or birth care, and this is simply a platform to share these empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. Before we get into today's episode, I'd just like to let you all know as a bit of a trigger warning that Caitlin does discuss the stillbirth of her baby boy, which was her second birth. So if that's not something that you're prepared to listen to, then just a reminder, maybe skip this episode. But if you are, this is a really amazing episode that Caitlin shares with us. She has two birth stories, the first with her daughter Kyrie, and then the second with her son Kimba. Caitlin is incredibly brave and the way she shares her story is so amazing. So I'll let her take you through it. Hi, Caitlin. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. No worries at all. Do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about you and your family, where you live and what you're all up to at the moment? Yeah, so I have a little family of three at the moment. My partner and I live in Hamilton. And we have a um, two-year-old girl. She's two in March, actually, but um, also we have a little angel baby who will be three months tomorrow. Um, and it's pretty much just us for now until we get back into it. But, yeah, that's pretty much about us. We met at work about four years ago. We used to work together. And from then we just, yeah. like, hit it off, best friends, came into this amazing relationship. And I think um, it was like maybe two or three years in, I kind of just like stopped my contraception. Um, he knew about it and we just thought, you know, when it happens, it happens. And we were just willing to like just roll with it and see where it went. And that's actually when I got pregnant, maybe four or five months after stopping contraception. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And so you were you were sort of not, not trying, but you weren't, um, were you tracking your cycles or anything like that? No, we weren't. That was the fun thing about it, I guess. That's what I like when we do it as in, you know, when it happens, it happens. It's it's no stress. Yeah. Awesome. And so you'd been off the pill for about four to five months. How did you find out that you were pregnant? It was really bizarre. One night I came home from work and just extreme pain. So, um, Zaya took me to ED and they did like physical tests feeling my abdomen where the pain was and we kind of just didn't know what it was so they sent me off with some tramadol and advised me to go to the doctors if it doesn't get better um well I decided to go to the doctors anyway and and my doctor did ask about contraception and I was like oh no we're not on it at the moment um but there can't be a chance of it you know I just thought it was like a shock, but she did a test and sure enough, we were pregnant and we were just like, 
we were so excited, but we were just in so much shock because we weren't actually like expecting it so soon. Like, yeah, you know, the chances yeah. of pregnancy are actually very slim. So it was really exciting. Yeah, amazing. And did you have many other pregnancy symptoms once you found out? What was the sort of first yeah, few months I like of pregnancy for you? Awful um, food diversion. So, like, you know, any smells. If if I didn't plan to have a certain meal, any other smell would be disgusting to me. It was really bizarre. Uh, we couldn't walk through town to find something for dinner because, like, the mixed smells, I would just have to, like, uh, I just really want to go home. And apart from that, um, it was actually pretty straightforward. I wasn't actually spewing. I was just extremely nauseous throughout the first, like, 12 weeks. Another really bad side effect I have from pregnancy I just get terrible heartburn I I pretty much live off like Gaviscon and quickies like I always have to have it um but yeah I heard that's yeah. from when like the babies grow here so we knew that we'd have scary babies yeah apart from that it was all straightforward it was really good awesome and did you go to any antenatal classes or yeah, birthing classes uh, before we you went, went into labor so yep antenatal uh really loved the lovely environment um uh, they really focus on natural births and like you know no pain relief and home births and yeah it was it was really lovely and it was like it really taught us a lot um however my thing with that is it kind of scared us for pain relief like epidurals it's really scary to see the needles and you know all the other types of pain relief they have was quite scary but at least we were informed and what about the last few months of your pregnancy? Did anything change before you went into labor? One thing I did have with Kyrie is I had polyhydramnia. Yeah. So that's excess amniotic fluid where, you know, they think I have diabetes and they think baby's huge on the scans. And it, it, that was very scary to see how big our baby might get from the growth scans. Yeah. I think they were looking at nine pounds for my first baby. I was really scared, you know, like. Um, so that, that kind of, <laughs> yeah. we had hospital referrals and everything, um, because they need to monitor. So they needed to break my waters so that her head would fall into place because there was so much fluid that she was swimming around in, you know, so I had to have a hospital birth and be induced. Okay. So, yeah. But that, um, that wasn't very fun. Actually, we were in the hospital for one week being induced before I actually gave birth. We shared a single bed, my partner and myself. Yeah. Um, it was oh, funny. Wow. A few times we, cause we were waiting yeah. for a delivery room, really. A few times we got the heads up like, Oh, there's going to be a room ready tonight. And we we're so excited. And then, you know, someone had come in and actual labor and we're like, ah, oh, fair enough. Like you, you have it. One night we actually moved to our <laughs> delivery room, yeah. um, got set up, and then a lady came in just right before they started inducing me. And, you know, she's having <laughs> her baby, so we got sent back up. So seven days later is when we got the room. I never wanted to have pain relief, but no, you definitely, yeah. <laughs> well, I definitely needed it. From the, from there, from the epidural, it was about, um, eight hours. I'm not too sure, but, you know, I got to at least sleep because we hadn't really been sleeping and I just woke up to kind of like yeah. pressure and I asked my midwife yeah. and she's like, well, you're 10 centimeters, like you're ready. And my family wasn't there, you know, it was midnight. And so I had to like 
get Zaya to text all the family. We're having a few people in the room, you know, this baby was quite a big deal. Like the first <laughs> grandchild on both sides yeah. and everything, like pretty much the first baby from our generation. So had to get yeah. everyone there. And it was, it was quite stressful thinking, well, am I just going to push this baby out right now? And no one's here, you know, everyone's been so excited and waiting for it. But little <laughs> did I know it would have, t- it took me four hours to push her out from then. Uh, they said that, oh, wow. you yeah. know, it's pretty much ready for a cesarean. Uh, and then they decided to get the Vontos yeah. just to give it a try because she was quite stuck. And also I was getting really tired. And after about two minutes with the Vontos, they pulled her out. And um, that was, that was really like, I think it was really painful. It was just super rushed, you know, like she, she was barely out and then they just, pull her out at full force yeah. in a couple of minutes. It was it was pretty traumatic. But it was good though. Like the pain is over once you've yeah. had your baby. Yeah. Uh they do have to stop the epidural while you're pushing though, so that you know you can you know where your body is and you can feel where you're pushing and everything. So it was kind of hard going from no pain to all of a yeah. sudden a lot of pain. Yeah, yeah. That was hard, but we got through it. She was a happy, healthy baby. She was actually eight pounds, seven ounces. So the scans were off quite a bit. And did you know that you were having a girl before she was born? I forgot to ask. Yeah, I have to know. (laughs) Yeah, awesome. And did she latch on okay initially when you were still in the hospital? I think my like endorphins or like my emotions, I felt no pain. You know, it was just so amazing. From and then to the birth um, yeah. unit we stayed in, uh, it was really excruciating for me. I needed help from all the nurses. Her latch was absolutely perfect. I think um, I was just really sensitive and I really couldn't hack it. And she ended up, yeah. I think, one of my nipples were grazed and the other one was split. And it's just so cruel to... Put a latching baby uh-huh. onto your already damaged bits, you know, it's, yeah. it was really, it was really painful. So we ended up yeah. um, hand expressing and pumping and then finger feeding with the syringe. I'm just happy as long as she's fed and that we can see, it was yeah. nice to see that she was getting some colostrum and how much she was getting to monitor yeah. because, you know, that was really important for me. At least she's been fed. That's all that mattered. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And how long we did you spend in the birthing the unit? Two days, I believe. Uh, yeah, two days. Oh, it was really awesome. We did, we went to Waterford. All the staff were just amazing and helped us, all the midwives and everything. It was just, it was just really good to have somewhere to get used to everything. And the nurses even came to wake you up every two hours. So you could be yeah. baby, you know, like, and, and just to teach us for two days was really nice. Yeah. Awesome. And so once you went home, what was that like sort of life with a new? Like, well, this is it, you know, it's, it's like, this is life. Now we just, yeah, it <laughs> yeah. was scary. We have two cats and we were really worried about like the hygiene and, you know, the cats, like, I guess, yeah, just being there and maybe standing yeah. on her. We were just really like paranoid, but yeah, everything was absolutely fine. We settled in pretty much straight away and 
it was just a really good few weeks that we had together learning and everything. I loved it. After pains were only for a few days. They were fine, manageable. Um, yeah, everything went back to normal. My periods and everything just bounced back. I felt really good. Um, I'm actually, I think I'm quite lucky how I recovered. You know, it was just a few days of cramping and contractions and, you know, that was that. Yeah. And you mentioned that you got mastitis um, a few times. Do you want to talk us through that? I wasn't keeping up and I was just bottle feeding her and I kind of just, I couldn't hack it. So I just ended up putting her onto formula so much easier for all of us. And we just got so much more yeah. rest. Yeah. Happier, like family. Yeah. Too. yeah. And that probably would have made a difference as well to how you were feeling. Um, I'd always be just one bottle ahead, which isn't yeah. comfortable for me. I'd like to, you know, my mum actually said to me, it's okay. We can just get a formula just in case, just have it in the house. And I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll give that a go. And sure enough, <laughs> yeah. like it was just so much easier. And I was just really overwhelmed. You know, we had a thousand visitors a day and I just have my pump on me under a yeah. blanket. It's just not comfortable, you know. Yeah, fair enough. And you said that you got your period back long. It was actually take? right after I, I stopped breastfeeding, which was good. And it just got back into the cycle. So that was really lucky for me. Mm. Yeah, awesome. And had you planned to get pregnant the second time around? Well, you know, as soon as I had Kyrie, I got yeah. straight back out in the pill because I'm like, well, you know, this is a lot. I I really need to just spend all my time on her and everything. Yeah. And I'm really bad with the pill and I kind of was missing days here and there and, you know, everything. So <laughs> um, about like four or five months later, I was just wary of when I was ovulating and would just avoid those days around that ovulation. Um, and that actually worked for me. I know it's not 100%, yeah. but, you know, um I just think that missing the pill also isn't 100%. So I was just doing what we could. And then I just finally, yeah, you know, yeah. stopped keeping track. And we found out we were pregnant with Kemba on my daughter's, uh, just before my daughter's first birthday, which I love that we always wanted kids really close together. And I think that that was a really good time. Awesome. And how did you find out that you were pregnant? Did you have many other symptoms at the time? Oh, I need to start doing home tests, really. I went to the doctor. I had um, I had low iron and low <laughs> yeah. this, and I wasn't feeling right. And, you know, I just I just really wanted um, to see what was up, if I needed anything extra or whatever. And, and he sent away my bloods, and I had the doctor call me and say, and he said, can you come in? I'll book you an appointment today you just come in and see me and I was freaking out I was like why can't I know on the phone what is it and then a few hours <laughs> until the appointment I even I, yeah. I just went in by myself just in case it was huge like you know bad news and he's like he's like oh have you been busy I'm yeah. like yeah I'm planning my daughter's birthday it's in a few days and he's like well she's gonna have a baby brother or sister I was like really Oh, cool. Well, but that was really exciting. And I didn't know how to yeah. tell Zaya, who was in the waiting room. And I said, I have to get a prescription, you know. And he, he looked at it. He's like, folic acid. 
I was like, yeah. He's like, isn't that for when you're pregnant? And I'm like, yeah. You know, I didn't want to tell him at the pharmacy. <laughs> I wanted to make it like, you know, a surprise, but he, he was just yeah. so happy. It was really awesome. Um, I, I had like yeah. night sickness. So it was pretty much like morning sickness right before bed or dinner time. Again, with like the smell of foods in the house, I'd find myself yeah. just sitting in the room to not smell it, you know, the down the end of the house. Like, uh, I just, it was really hard. I just had to eat like fresh, yeah. like meals or fruits or, you know, like nothing greasy. Yeah. Really bad heartburn again, yeah. the entire fruit. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And did you go into labor? naturally this time around or do you oh, want to yeah. talk us so through that experience my experience i had polyhydramnios again and they think that i had um diabetes oh hey i they think i had gestational diabetes because baby boy we found out yeah um he was looking really huge on the scans they were estimating around 10 pounds you know i was carrying so huge i said wow like this yeah. baby is massive um, they said, you know, the diabetes test, the first one, if it kind of says like, um, the, there's a possibility or not for diabetes, it doesn't say yes or no. My first one said, yep, possibility. Second one, we yeah. didn't end up going to because I was 36 weeks. My, uh, my midwife, she, um, she kind of said, you know, there's not really any point in going and doing it. You can if you want, but it's not going to change much because you're nearly going to have him. So we didn't do yeah. that. We just had to go back to the hospital and have a growth scan at 36 weeks. And, yeah, still a big baby, super healthy. Um, everything was fine. Like, his heart was perfect. Um, yeah, we're really happy with that. Um, I had a just a home midwife appointment a few days later and she had her Doppler and checked his heart rate and he was fine, like fine, fine, fine. Um, two weeks later, I had just had a, another home midwife appointment. Everything was perfect. And then a few days later, I, I kind of felt him not kicking in the morning, which, you know, he was really active in the morning and everything. And yeah. um, what I did was I just Googled, ways to get your baby to kick around or wake them up you know I was just like playing with my tummy and I had like yeah. ice and I laid on my left side like it said on google and I ate heaps of skittles which usually works and anyway I ended up having to call my midwife because there wasn't much action um and she saw us immediately really she was really good um we went to Riveridge where she was actually at a meeting. She saw us really quick and she, you know, hooked us up to the Doppler and it was just really, it was just like silence in the room just waiting for the heartbeat. But unfortunately, like after 30 seconds, I, yeah. I just lost faith. Um, she had to get another midwife in to double check yeah. on a better machine. Uh, and this midwife, you know, she looked like she had been a midwife for like 20 or 30 years, you know, she knew what she was doing and she also <laughs> yeah. couldn't find a heartbeat. But then they said we have to go for an emergency scan just in case because oh, I don't know what the chances are. But my midwife gave us 
the space like to just not give up she's just saying no like I've seen this happen before and I've heard about it and there's always a way he could just be turned you know he could be hiding in there yeah but we all knew I think um Kyrie was in the room so I I tried to hold myself together and Zaya was really good too um we got to the hospital they all knew who we were there we were almost like celebrities because we just got ushered straight into the room. I've never been through a hospital so quick, yeah. you know. Um, they hooked us up to the monitor, yeah. and, and it, this was like a, a well-respected, you know, doctor. She's also said that she can't see his heartbeat. So then she also had to get a second opinion. So imagine hearing four times, you know, that – there's no heartbeat was yeah, that was pretty yeah. um it was like a nightmare really yeah but yeah so we had about four people announced that he had passed away and when the final doctor said it we just kind of we just lost it really um by that time Kyrie had been taken home by my cousin because yeah I think my cousin knew she's a nurse so yeah, I think she kind of knew the chances and she just took Kyrie home like away just in case and luckily she did. Um yeah, that was that was hard, but then the shock set in and we kind of went home. Oh sorry, they actually induced me, so they've put uh, I can't remember the name, but it's it's just a tablet on my cervix to ripen it and they gave me an oral pill and we said, can yeah. we please go home? You know, like we need at least a hospital bag and all this stuff. And yeah, of course. So we got discharged, went home in so yeah. much shock. Um, say I actually had a nap with Kyrie. I think that's so, it must be shock if you can sleep through that. I think that that's how his brain was dealing with it. But my yeah. whole time yeah. I just sat outside having a coffee and not being able to talk and everything and we I had to call my mum she was in Wellington for work so she had to fly down before he was born and my dad and everyone came over our immediate family came over straight away the next day the whole family was over it was it was really amazing the amount of support that we had and and so we um we were just waiting for me to really go into labor just like any other women would with contractions and you know all this but yeah you know it started getting painful I wasn't in labor but I I really just needed a good sleep so we went to the hospital early so they could give me pain relief um you know and they gave me sleeping pills and everything just to get through the initial stages and it was beautiful actually. They have a room called Manaya Room and it's got a white dove on it and it's four stillborns and it's got beautiful paintings inside and it, it's got like a double, a, a double bed and a hospital bed and like an ensuite. It's, it was really amazing. All the midwives were amazing there. I slept through yeah. and the next day I kind of was going through labor and I kind of thought like, I would just love an epidural because as if the mental pain wasn't enough, maybe like, why should I go through this pain? But, um, I decided not to, I I don't like to be restricted to a bed. I think that's what was hard with Kyrie is that you're just lying on your back. You know, I I think I would love to give birth, like standing up with like gravity helping and everything like that, like naturally. 
Yeah, I was in labor. I had the gas 24-7. They also gave me a portable one for the shower and toilet, which was amazing because a shower during labor is a li- like a lifesaver. Um, <laughs> yeah, we had that. We had heaps and heaps yeah. of visitors all throughout, which was hard going through labor and everyone's, you know, angry. You know, you're grieving <laughs> labor and visitors. It's so hard to keep alive yeah, and, like, accommodating. Yeah. Um. I ended yeah. up having a morphine drip instead of an epidural. So it's a great pain relief, but you can still feel everything. Um, the good thing about it was I could sleep until yeah. I had a contraction, wake up, have gas, go back to sleep, you know. And sometimes these sleeps were like two minutes, but that I really needed it, really. Zaya yeah. um, was being so amazing. He was just sat at the bed the whole time just waiting, you know, I think. He was so excited to like see his son. We've been waiting for it this whole time. Um, yeah, so finally yeah. I had been moving around the room and I just got this urge to push and I and the midwife wasn't in the room and Zaya I was like sitting on Zaya, like leaning on him for support. I was like, <laughs> I have to push. I had to like take my pants off and he's pulling the midwife button but no one's coming <laughs> and he's freaking out. He doesn't know like of course he wasn't going to check. Like I wouldn't yeah. like, I wouldn't feel comfortable. I just needed the midwife in there ASAP. And he was yeah. even, oh, I think he tried to run to the door to run and get someone. He was so terrified. It's so funny now looking back at it. But <laughs> anyway, she checked in. Yeah. Sure enough, I was um 10 centimeters. So I went to stand up to get on the bed. And then he was just like on his way out. And my midwife said, if you want to get on the bed, do it now. Like, you need to push, though, like, when you need to. But it was really scary to try to get my knee up onto this hospital bed while pushing. It was horrible. So I actually gave birth standing up. And I pushed him out in about two minutes, which I'm really proud of. Yeah. It was a really amazing experience. And I'm so thankful that I didn't have epidural because... He gave me a really positive experience with birth and I'm, I'm actually really excited for the future because I know that yeah. I can do it. I know I have amazing support and like your body just, I felt like my body knew what to do more the second time round. It was just amazing. Like, yeah, really, I really just loved it. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome birth. We actually still had skin to skin. I really just. I, I think it's natural for a mum to hold her baby, you know, straight away. Um, me and my partner just yeah. laid on the bed just staring at him. It was he was so beautiful. Um and then shock set in again. Like shock was on and off, you know, like I just yeah, I would deal with it and then go into shock and so I I let him have skin to skin. Yeah. And I ended up cleaning the room, like I don't know why I must have been I don't know what it was. I was cleaning the room. He had skin to skin yeah. and then we had to wrap him up because um his his skin was quite um sensitive to breaking, especially if you know, like lying on Zoe's dry skin, you know, it was um we had to get him wrapped up and they they kinda yeah. say like yeah. once he's in his outfit, generally this is his only outfit just in case his skin breaks, which was it was Really yeah. hard to choose just one outfit for him before we left for the hospital. We have a, we had a thousand for <laughs> yeah. him. 
So to choose just one, I think we chose the perfect one. It was just white with a few black animals on it. It was, like, lovely. Um, so we did that. They weighed him, measured him. We put him in. They have a bassinet there, so you can spend a night or two nights as long as you need. Um, they actually kept him on ice, which was um, it was very hard, actually, because, you know, all your natural instincts are, you know, keep baby warm, is baby comfortable, is baby safe, and you're kind of just going against yeah, all of yeah. what your body's trying to do, and it's like, okay, like, keep baby on ice and, like, don't hold him for too long. You know, he has to keep cool. Um, but, yeah, that was that was a really that was a really big struggle, actually, to do that. But we did get a few days with him, actually, in the hospital, and everyone came to meet him yeah. and... Um, we actually got Kyrie to meet him first because originally our birth plan was she would come and meet him first and we'd have family time and then anyone else can come in, you know. Um, so we, we wanted to keep it the same. So we, we yeah. sent Kyrie in and she's, she was jealous that I was holding another baby. She thinks she's the only baby. She didn't quite understand that I was pregnant the <laughs> whole time. You know, we tried to tell her. Like, there's a baby in my tummy, but no, she, yeah. she walked in and she's confused. She's like, who's this baby? She's like, I haven't seen you guys in like three days, you know. Yeah. Poor girl, but it was really cool. Heaps of visitors. Yeah. It was a really good experience. At, like, in the worst time it was, it was the best it could have been, I believe. Yeah. And do you think that ultimately while you were in the hospital, it was mainly the family support that, that yeah, made a difference? family was just ultimately amazing. We had everything we needed. We had people going to the supermarkets for us and getting us food. And um, uh, that was awesome. Also, um, there's a like an organization called SANS. I'm not sure if you've heard of them, but they they have these little gift boxes for stillborns actually. Um, and they have like blankets and teddies and then they have things for mum like razors and body wash and uh, toothpaste, like everything. Um, that was amazing. That was good. Like to have that support. Yeah. We had in other ways support. So we have um, heartfelt photography come in and take family photos with us which we just treasure, you know, these are our only memory. And um, this was all in the hospital. The midwives yeah, organized yeah. it. Um, we had angel caster who they actually do molds of hands and feet for you to hold and frame and everything. And it's just really amazing. They paint them gold and silver and oh, wow. ours are actually getting delivered soon. I'm so excited, but it's, it's like exactly the cast of their hands and feet with wrinkles and all in that's beautiful. Like, yeah, so much support like that because we know that our, you know, we have limited memories with him. So to have something to hold on to forever is just like, we're so grateful for yeah. them really. Um, also that they, they're they all like yeah. volunteers and charities. So it's just such a beautiful thing that they can come, you know, like, first thing in the morning come to a stillborn and do that as a job. It's just really amazing. That was, that really got us through a lot. We wouldn't yeah. have thought yeah. of that, you know, if it weren't for the midwives organizing them to do it, we never would have had anything. So 
the midwives support was yeah. amazing. Our family, everyone was just as amazing as they could have been. Really grateful too. Awesome. And what about when you went home from the hospital? How did you sort of oh. deal with what had happened and, and process yeah, that, well, I guess, we once you're home? Straight from the hospital to a marae, we still hadn't gone home. You know, we had his tangi. We got one more night with him, which I'm so thankful for. We buried him the next day, went home. We were so knackered. Um, a lot of our days consisted of crying, um, getting someone to watch Kyrie for us so we could just be alone. And I didn't like really want her to be around us, you know, crying 24-7. Um, we were capable of looking after her, but it was so hard, you know, like to, to switch on his mum straight yeah. away. It's, it's really, um, yeah, I know she's got so much family like to look after her. We were so thankful for that. So a lot of our time we spent in bed, oh, only for a few days, you know, and then we had to focus on Kyrie and think, no, we need to carry yeah. on. Like, um, this is, this is what he would have wanted type thing. We can't just lie in bed and be depressed. You know, it was better for us to just move on anyway. It was really good. Yeah. And have you been sort of seeing any professional help? Um, a lot. Like the first couple of weeks, yeah. I didn't really, you know, we kind of spent nearly every day driving to Raglan to see him. That's where he's buried. We were just sit at his grave and that was really therapeutic yeah. for us. It's just this beautiful open space on a hill with this beautiful view. Like we just, that was our therapy. Um, I'm open to it though in the future, but I think that we've helped each other through it so much and yeah. we're always there for each other. Our family's still here for us. Like they've been here for us the whole time. It's just really an amazing dynamic. Yeah. Like my friends still check up on me and everything, which is just awesome because when you see grief from the outside, you think, oh, that was three months ago. But, you know, it still hits us now. We, yeah, it's, it is still really hard. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Everyone's just checking up on us and taking care of us still. It's just, we've got, just got all the help that we could ask for, really. Yeah. It sounds like you've got an amazing family and, and really good friends. So I'm glad that you've got those supports in yeah. place and your partner as well. It yeah, sounds we like you guys yeah, have a really do. great relationship. And this has just made us so much stronger. Yeah. I kind of think if we can get through losing our son, we could really get through anything. I have no doubt about it. Yeah, absolutely. And did you recover physically okay from birth? Obviously it would have been really tough. Yeah. On coding for my after pains because it was so full on, um, being at a tangi and, you know, um, it was really busy. I, I just said to my midwife, yeah. like, I, I can't just sit through these pains and we have so much, like, can I have some pain relief? Of course. Like I was on codeine and, um, that it yeah. was helping. I did find that I, I wasn't like eating as much and I started to get really sore stomach and I'd be spewing and I had really bad periods. I wasn't really looking after myself. Um, it, yeah, it was my own doing. I think, yeah, like I could, I got up and walked around like straight away, you know, straight after that was all fine. But I think just generally the after pains and then the, yeah. um, the sickness and the periods were actually all quite full on. I never, I didn't produce any milk. Yeah. Um, when I had Kemba, I was 38 weeks 
with Kyrie at 38 weeks, I was, I was like engorged, like I was leaking 24 seven. So with Kemba, I really didn't have yeah. any milk coming in. Yeah. And then actually, uh, two weeks after we lost Kemba, um, I start, my milk started coming in really sore, really painful. I had to start pumping. Mm. I really wanted to look yeah. at donating my milk too to babies, but, um, I was on pain relief and they said on the website that that's not yeah. okay, which I understand. Um, I just had to take some pills to stop uh, yeah. my milk. That in itself was also another challenge, like that my body is making milk. This is when he would have been born. Yeah. Like that was really hard. But after the milk stopped, I yeah. really, I came right yeah. and I started to take care of myself after that. So yeah, first two weeks were kind of rough understandable but you know yeah. we got back on track together and we're like that's enough we just need to move on with life still having him in mind but just being the best ourselves yeah. that we could be it's probably the best thing we could have done for our grieving too yeah and obviously grief is a really personal thing and everybody will process that differently but do you have any advice that you'd give to other families that may be in a similar situation it's to cry when you want cry when you need to no one's gonna no one's going to judge. No one. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's okay to feel sorry for yourself and lie in bed and, and never open the curtains, you know, but there is like a happy, there is like a light at the end of the tunnel and I, it does get better. It never leaves your mind, but it gets easier to deal with. And it's so much easier to talk about every day, you know, every yeah. day you're improving. And I think, that starts when you get out of bed and open your curtains and start your day. Like I really believe that's what helped us. Yeah. No, I just really want everyone to look up um, angel cast and heartfelt photography. They do. um, They do really need sharing around and to get their name out there a bit more. I think they deserve the recognition, you know, they're kind of, they really are heroes. I just want more people to know about them and maybe, show their support in some way or the other because they are amazing people. That would be awesome. No worries. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story with us today, Caitlin. I really appreciate it. And I just think I'm in awe of you. I really think that you are incredibly brave and strong. Thank you so much for for sharing. I I really love to raise awareness for women because, you know, no one, like if you don't go through this every single day, it's really nice to at least know what to expect. Like, yeah, if this ever happens to anyone. Just some knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for talking with me today, Caitlin. I really appreciate it. And I wish you and your family all the best. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.